Hi folks, welcome to the Seven Figure Network Podcast. My name is Melford Bibbins. Today I'm joined by Talia Reiser, and we just had an awesome conversation about what she's got going on with her family, what she's got going on with her business. Really cool stuff. So I'm, I'm really excited about this uh, this conversation. We got a bunch of mutual friends. So Talia, first and foremost, thanks so much for being on today. I appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate you asking. I'm really excited about this. I love, love stuff like this. And it's a great chance for me to get to know you as well. Um, because I know you've got a lot of really awesome things going on. So this is going to be a really good conversation. Oh, thank you. Now I'm excited about it because I, I know you're training with Ray Higdon. You got all sorts of great stuff going on. You're, you're going to work at Rank Makers this weekend. Lots of great stuff going on. But I, I got to know what actually brought you into the industry in the first place. Why did you swipe your credit card that very first time and decide that network marketing is for me? Oh, man, I was the quintessential hater of all haters and skeptic of all skeptics. Um, I've been an entrepreneur most of my adult life. And I opened up my first business when I was 24, but it was brick and mortar. And, um, you know, I never thought that this would be a space I would be involved in at all. Um, I was in the health and wellness industry for a really long time. I was a high level tennis player. Then after college, I decided I wanted to get paid and sponsored as a strength athlete. And then um, I did all that. I was traveling the world and I was making money doing all these different things. But I met a man, I fell in love and I had a kid and I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Because I can't just eat, sleep and train now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have this knowledge and I have a passion for helping people. And I, you know, it, and this may sound a little uh, against the grain. And I just, and I love talking about it, but I knew that I was meant to do more and I wanted to do more than just be a mom. I loved being a mom, mm-hmm. but I was not a good stay at home mom of do and just being a mom. It was not good for my brain, not good for my physical, mental health. And so I was like, what is the easiest, lowest cost, lowest overhead, probably lowest risk way to start earning some income? And, um, you know, I begrudgingly was like, oh gosh, I'm going to have to do one of those at home things. Like, what am I going to do? And so I was, I had been sponsored by um, supplement companies. I've been sponsored by clothing companies. And I'm like, I know about products. I know about macros. I was writing nutrition plans and training programs for high level athletes. I'm like, please, like none of this stuff is any good. And if I haven't heard of it, then it's probably not worth my time. So I, and I mean, I came in with a lot of ego. I'm going to just say I did. I did. I was super snobby. And so I had a friend that we used to compete against each other in strong women competitions. And I saw her doing this online thing. She had gotten married. She had had a baby. And I was like, man, she's killing it. Like she's just out there and it looks like she's building something and she's able to be at home, but she has something for her. And so I watched her for a solid year and she would kind of talk to me here and there. Now we did not like each other very much because we were competitors. And so um, she would watch me and I would watch her. And finally I was like, okay, just freaking tell me what you're doing. Seriously. Like, how are you doing this? Just don't blow smoke up my butt. I want to know the real deal. Okay. And so she told me, and then six months goes by, a year goes by and she's, she's trying to recruit me this whole time. And I'm leaving her on red. I am (laughs) ghosting her. I am not responding. I mean, I am making it 
hard for this woman to recruit me because I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm, I am a little diamond in the rough and I'm going to make you work for it. <laughs> so, so really I shot myself on the foot. Cause now I'm like, man, I wish I would have gotten started sooner. Um, and then finally I said, yes. And, you know, I, I tried the products. I like the products. Um, and it, it was something that all of a sudden I, I just took off like, like a rocket. And I was doing all the things I, you know, it was an older model. It was the, the phone calls, the in-home parties, the samples, the going to booth events, all the stuff. And I was like, I don't really want to do this, but if this is how it's done, this is what I'm just going to do what I'm told, right. And work the system. And man, I was doing really well as far as sales and stuff, but I wasn't getting paid a ton. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, ah, this is where this, this is where the bad feelings start to happen. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, that there's insert company number two later on down the road. But really, I got started because I just wanted something for myself. I wanted to also relieve my husband of having to have so much pressure to provide and be gone all the time. He was gone 21 days a month. Oh. I was home with my daughter. My, my husband was watching his kid grow up on, you know, FaceTime. Mm. I had a husband, a long distance marriage. Like I didn't sign up for that. That's not what we wanted. And you know, I liked my husband. I kind of wanted to be around him. Right. I mean, not everybody likes their spouse, but I liked mine and I wanted to hang out with him. And, and it was like, he's breaking his back to provide for us. And he can't even participate in the life that we had. So mm-hmm. it just didn't, it did not make sense. And, and, um, I thought, well, you know, I mean, if some, if people can actually be successful doing this, mm-hmm. then we'll see. So, you know, we can get more into that that experience of how that that ended in my first company, and I almost quit the industry completely and took a six figure corporate sales job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said no to that job, and I gave things one more chance, and so that's that brings us to today because we wouldn't be talking. Congratulations if, on that decision. Yeah, I know. I'm like, it wasn't wow. Easy. Oh no, it was hard when you have like a paycheck. You know, yeah. just punch the clock, go to work, like it's there (laughs) or bet on yourself. That can be scary. And, um, you know, I'm, I've always been a risk taker though. So I gotta know it's, you know, a lot of people who see great success in in this industry were high level athletes. You you see that there's a lot of folks, are they attracted to you as well? Do you, do you actually prospect elite level athletes or is it just that persona you put out there? Like who, who are the folks that are finding you? You know, it's really interesting that you say that because at first I wanted those people um, because they're usually highly motivated. They have a lot of discipline. Um, they're intelligent, right? Uh, and they like to chase success. Bingo. And so I think that there is an untapped market. And yes, I have attracted some of them, but you also get the amazingly stubborn, um, really hard to recruit, hater, <laughs> skeptic like me. I was just going to say you (laughs) like, I don't want to, that's hard. It's a, it's a hard road to hoe because if you want to recruit somebody like you, you have to think about what that requires and that's the long game. So the long game is the game to play for those a player type people. But I started realizing that I wanted to help just your normal average person feel better And, um, there's something really exciting about that to see their excitement because, you know, as high level athletes, sometimes it's hard to get that excitement and that, that twinkle out of somebody, but you help someone fit into a dress for a high school reunion and they're crying in a message to you. And you're like, 
oh man, like that, that, that just hits you in the feels. It just feels really good. And of course, I love my my people that already know right health and wellness. I don't have to teach information, um, but I think there's a there's a good mix between the two. Well, you made such a perfect point that you know dealing with elite athletes is really a double edged sword because, like you, you know they feel like okay, I'm great at something, so I should be great at everything. And we and we both know that you know network marketing is not like any other any other job in the world. Yeah. So it's real easy to stub your toe quickly and. High level athletes don't uh, don't deal with that so well sometimes. No, no, they don't. And and learning how to, I, I hate saying it, but it's almost like learn learning how to lose mm. is a really important skill to develop um, mm. because it helps you kind of figure out how resilient you are. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that also athletes at a high level, and I've gone through this myself is, you know, you get into that, that theory and that mindset of the achievement trap. Like I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to achieve a certain level. And then it's like, boom, you know, like there's no excitement. Once you achieve it, you're like, okay, what's next? And you're always chasing that high, but with network marketing, you know, you have to realize that you're creating your own momentum in a lot of ways. Um, and there's not always going to be these high highs. There's going to be high highs. There's going to be low lows. Oh, yeah. right? And it's about, it's about the consistency. It's about taking that, the highs and the lows and going here and understanding that there's going to be seasons and you're going to run and then you're going to take breaks. And so I think with if you apply that in a training perspective, like when I was a sponsored um, powerlifter and I was top 10 in the world in my weight class, mm -hmm. um, you know, you have training cycles. Yeah. You have a 16 week training cycle, yeah. right? For a meet, right? For your big thing. And then you, it's like, you know, for that could be in, in, in direct sales. It could be like for Black Friday, right? You've right. got your training cycle. You're building up to this thing and you're going to leave it all out on the platform and then you're going to rest. Yeah. And you're going to regroup and you're going to reverse engineer. And then you're going to start another training cycle all over again. And so it's getting used to the um, the seasons of that that I think are really challenging for a lot of people in this industry. And if you can understand it in that sense and relieve yourself of the pressure of always having to be just crazy successful, mm -hmm. um, that you'll have a longer a longer lifetime here. Yeah, I love that. Uh, this is the first time ever I've had a guest on board that has a better powerlifting career than me. Ah. <laughs> I, I, literally, because in, in uh, 2004, I won the ADAU uh, Nationals in deadlifting. Oh, and, awesome. And so it's like national champion. And I'm feeling real good about myself. Not top 10 in the world. So good job. Well, <laughs> so, um, I was and I competed in um, the 181s. And so mm -hmm. I was... Uh, I competed in in local, uh, well, not local federations, but the Southern Powerlifting Federation mm -hmm. and then um, the U.S. you know USAPL and and things like that. And so then you get your IPF, your International Powerlifting Federation ranking. And so in that category for my total and my debt deadlift was my lift. Me too. That's um, so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was top 10 for a time, but the girls now are, oh my goodness. Well, yeah, there's, there's a lot of extra stuff going on. Uh, what, what was your best lift at 181? Um, it was a 410 deadlift, a Ooh, 170 bench, and a 371, I think was my squat. But to be fair, all those lifts were also in conjunction in the middle of um, a strongman show. So I competed in powerlifting, a USAPL powerlifting meet, and a strongman show simultaneously in the same building. So I threw on a singlet, Insane. I would go and I would squat. And I would take the singlet off and I would go run over and car deadlift 
And then I would put my singlet on and I would bench and then I would take the singlet off and I would go load stones. Like, <laughs> so who knows what I could have done. Um, I probably could have, I probably could have lifted a lot more. You know, um, you know, you took at least a hundred pounds off your total, if not oh, 200, probably 200 pounds off your total by doing that. I mean, it's such a whack job that you, know. <laughs> that you had to want to win both of them. There's something wrong with strength athletes. Oh, my, my watch was talking to me. I said, there's something strong with, there's something wrong with strength athletes. We yeah. are just nutty and everybody told me not to do it, but I did that competition two years in a row. Mm -hmm. So, was, yeah. so now you're, you're a person that's had a lot of coaches in your life. How do you think that's impacted your leadership skills? Um, you know, for me, I always, I called myself an accidental leader because in that first company, while I had a lot of success, it was mostly with customers. It wasn't with building uh, a team yeah. or a leader. Mm -hmm. And so when that company went under, I was like, screw it. I don't know how to be a leader. Mm -hmm. I just know how to do, go out and do what yeah. I'm told and do it well and execute. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going right. And so when I started with my current company and the strategies that we use, I saw this crazy shift of people wanting to learn from me. And I'm like, how do I do this? So the only thing that I could think of was, well, what, what were the things and the coaches and the mentors that I've had in my life that really impacted me? What did I get from them that, that helped me along the way? And so yeah, that was the only thing I had to fall back on because I didn't have any mentors before mm -hmm. having success in, in the direct sales industry in the online space. So yeah, I think having as many coaches and I've had some great ones and I've had some really, really bad ones. And I realized the bad ones, what about, what about them were things that I never wanted to do to other people and make them mm -hmm. feel. And, um, it was really interesting experiences. And, and also I will say this because, um, still to this day, I, I, I see how it plays out in my life. I respond differently to it now, mm -hmm. but being a strong woman, um, with an opinion and like wanting success and going out and getting success, even as an athlete, um, there's this culture of trying to make that type of person small mm. as it triggers insecurities in other people. Um, and even as, even as an athlete, it's like, I was, I always joke. I was like, I was the most hated. I was the most hated amongst a lot of female athletes. Um, I, I had people go on podcasts to, to talk about me because I triggered something in, in that space that I was just doing different things. And I don't think I'm an expert. I don't think that I'm any better necessarily than anybody else, but I would just, I know there's other people out there and especially in the direct sales space and then the health and wellness industry specifically that, that catch a lot of negative um, feedback. And I think that, that being the mentor that I am now, I'm able to kind of develop and free those people up to be who they are. Right. Cause that's mm -hmm. like my whole thing is just, own who you are, say what you mean, and you're going to attract the right people to you. We're so, and in that first company, I was so worried about fitting into a mold and a box and, and probably why I never built a team. And then I come to the current company and, and really leaned into that part and, and those memories of those coaches that were just like, you know what, Talia, just because it doesn't look like the way that everybody else does it, if it works for you and you're seeing success, like do it, go for it.
Brilliant. You know? So I think that was a huge, huge lesson for me. Thank you for saying, and, and people have heard it before, but I don't think it sinks in enough that being who you are is going to bring you way more success in this industry than trying to couple with what everybody else is doing, trying to find, I mean, you know, listen to people's training, but, but be yourself. And, and again, you know, I always hearken back to working with professionals and, and, um, um, businesses and health professionals, it, it comes back to the same thing. You need to be yourself in front of those people. Like yeah. if you're approaching an entrepreneur with either the use of their of your products to help their patients or as a business opportunity, they got the best BS meters in the world. Like yes. a business owner is constantly being sold to so they can smell it from a mile away. If you're not yourself, you're never going to make this system work. You got to be 100% yourself to get businesses on board because they smell, they smell a fake. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and I think the interesting part is that people think that they have to be wild and outgoing and tattooed and crazy hair. And they're like, oh, well you, yeah, that's why you have success. And I'm like, even without all of this, if I was just talking to somebody on the phone, they wouldn't see all of that. Exactly. Right. They wouldn't see this through an email. Mm -hmm. right. um, it's, it's just the way in which you learn to have a conversation with somebody mm -hmm. and also just release yourself of the expectation. Because I think that that's why those BS meters go off is because it's like people know you're selling to them and they have feel like there's an expectation that you expect them to buy. And if you bring an energy where you're just like, you know, I'm going to present you with some info, take it or leave it. It's cool. Mm -hmm whatever. Yep. And we're good. I mean, I obviously think it's awesome. Look at what it's done for X, Y, Z. But, right. you know, I think that that's, that's something that, that people don't understand and they don't feel like they're unique or they have something special about them. So they're like, well, how do I just be myself? And I'm like, well, that's part of the process of figuring out how you're going to be successful is you need to figure out who you are, mm -hmm. you know, and we don't know that right away. Right. I don't, the person I am in front of you today is not who I was, you know, three and a half, three years ago right. when I started seeing success for the first time. Um, I was still trying to, you know, like, what's my niche? What's my why? You know, and we spend so much time trying to figure that crap out. And it's just procrastinating doing the work that needs to be done because it develops alongside yeah. the activity. And so... I don't know if that if that uh, is going anywhere where you want no, to. No, 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 really, really well said. I'm just rambling. I'm just. Rambling. <laughs> we, we both are. That, that's the joy of this podcast. We can just put two friends <laughs> rambling to each other. But that's where the gold comes from is when we start doing that. So you know, it's it's really cool. You, you put the ball on the tee so perfectly for me because you just came back from a huge trip, building abroad. Yet you had to train. You had to keep growing and keep training from a ways away. So you know, would you mind giving us one or two or three, however many you want to give, tips that you're giving to your folks to do exactly what you're saying? You know, somebody who's brand new, you know, just swiped their credit card, haven't even gotten their product yet, but they need to start putting that persona out there. What, what are you teaching folks? How are you getting folks to to launch this person? This it's a, it's like it's a personal launch. It's not just right. a product launch. They're launching yeah. their humanity out into the yeah. world as well. So so how are you helping folks do that? Yeah, you know, I think that's a good point that you bring up is that it, at this day and age and the way that we're building now, it's more it's more along the lines of brand building alongside your mm. business. And people get really wrapped up in trying to figure out their brand or whatever that is. Um, but I always tell people, I give them, I give them examples on how to launch, right? Because I think when you first start having words and examples is really important, but I always encourage people to put it in their own words. And I think kind of like what you've said here is like two friends talking. Mm -hmm. So when you show up on social media and you're trying to, 
either do curiosity, you know, attraction marketing or talk about an opportunity or talk about a product. It's like, what would you say to your friend? Are you going to sit there and be like, so this has um, six amino acids that like nobody wants to hear that. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares. You know, like what is it going to do? Oh my gosh. I did 15 loads of laundry. I took these two little things. Like I made dinner for my family and I'm in a good mood. And like, I didn't even have coffee today. (laughs) That kind of stuff is like, so it's like, you have to think about your internal conversations. And then now you need to vomit that onto your social media essentially is is how you're going to figure out who you are. And one of the things that I do for some of my um, coaching clients outside of my company Mm -hmm. is I have them write down three to five things that are, they're interested in. Mm -hmm. So like, so like for me, you know, it was, you know, okay. I can say I was a power lifter or a strong woman or whatever, but I also really love ice cream. And I just started playing pickleball six months ago and I want to go pro. And I also really, I hate scary movies. Um, and I think Chick-fil-A is overrated, you know? So, so I think about those like little weird things about myself yeah. and I start sharing stuff like that mm-hmm. sprinkled into my business, my opportunity, my product. Yeah. You know, and I tell people, I'm like, there, you know, there are unique things about you. There are things about you and the way that you've experienced them that nobody else has and nobody else can speak about them quite Mm -hmm. in the way that you do. So you need to tap into that because Mm -hmm. you are unique in your own way. And it sounds so cheesy, but it doesn't have to be this amazing, special, wow, like I was a top 10 power lifter in the world. No, it doesn't have to be that. Like my best friend is 39 years old and she is amazing at crocheting. She's like an old lady, right? But it's fascinating to me because it's nothing that I know about. Mm-hmm. And she goes online and she just shares about crocheting and I'm like addicted to it. Do I really want to crochet? No. But am I fascinated by what she's doing? Yes. And she sucked me in and I watch and I keep coming back to see what she's doing. And that is what people need to do when they start to try to build an online business, start sharing those things. And when you're recommending products too, and this is another really valuable thing that I tell people, I'd share everything that I like, not just Mm -hmm. the products from my company. I'm like, oh man, TJ Maxx has got some really cute purses right now. Like, so I'm, I, I'm sharing everything. And that also helps people have more trust in me because I'm not only trying to sell my stuff to them, yeah. but mm-hmm. I'm just trying to give them, give them something. So yeah. that goes back into the whole, you know, provide value thing, which we can mm-hmm. talk about, but um, yeah, that's, that's what I tell my new people is find those little nuggets about you that are different or the things that you really know about yeah. and you care about yeah. and start talking about those things. Mm-hmm. I hope everybody understood that you did such a good job differentiating between the brand that people think is a brand and what it really is. You know, it's like, guys, a brand is a Nike swoosh. You know, a brand is Coca-Cola, okay? When you think brand, it's it's really cool to think billion-dollar companies because that's what brands are. Personal brands are who you are and what you love to do. That's it. Like, guys, yeah. it's like, every, it's you made such a perfect point. It's like, everybody's so stuck on being in branding. And that's why, again, we love the Seven Figure Network. My brand is, I like talking to doctors. Yeah, that's my brand. You know, it's like I've I've been working with doctors for twenty years. I speak their language. I love to help them both treat more patients and run a more profitable business. 
So that's my brand is enrolling businesses and doctors because I love doing it. It's not that I want to have, you know, the Mel swoosh or the, you know, the Under Armour thingy going on. It's yeah. just that that's who I love. So that's my brand. You know, you've got your own brand. I think people get so dislocated by the word brand. I think that yeah. branding has become, you know, almost almost like a negative thing nowadays, which seems yeah. so sad. Yeah, they think it's like, oh, did I pick the right color palette for my cover photo? I'm like, that's not going to make you money. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it looks pretty, right? Uh, but being you and just showing up and yeah. sharing the thoughts in your head and yeah. saying the funny things and sharing the funny stories about your family or right. you know, what you've run into in your day or what motivates you or what inspires you because... Yeah. You know, people peg social media for being such a negative place. And I harp on this a lot. I'm like, that's because you haven't cleaned up your newsfeed and you're not filling it with people mm -hmm. and things that are motivating and inspiring mm -hmm. and things where you get your just little tinges of, oh man, I could talk about that. Like I don't get on Facebook and see anything negative. Mm -hmm. If you're negative, toxic, yep. I don't care if you're a friend or a family member, you're getting deleted. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Like not no time for mm -hmm. it. And people get so wrapped up in in that. But I think it can be a wonderful tool um, for building. Obviously, that's where I built, but I've also built belly to belly. I like to yep. talk to people in person. Mm -hmm. I like to go to events and um just connect with folks in all different industries. So that's also, you know, important, any kind of entrepreneurial industry, kind of like you talking to doctors and businesses, um, you know, that's, that's just a different part that you can break into. Not everybody has to build online. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and so all of these techniques, I think, transcend all of it. Thank you for the amazing platinum nugget of saying, get rid of all the negative people off your feed. Mm -hmm. I don't hear that enough. I don't, I don't, I don't hear nearly enough people talking about the fact that if you're seeing negativity on your feed, it's one friggin' button away. Yeah. One button. Yeah. <laughs> you know? really. and, and people get so worried, like, well, what if they reload? And oh my gosh. And you know, I'm like, well, who cares? Do you want to be friends with that? Exactly. Like, I mean, really, I, I and I know it, it, it took me a long time to get to the point where I could unfriend people and, and or block them um, if, if they were just draining. But if you don't get a good feeling when you're looking at someone's stuff, like you don't need to be looking at that. And we become so addicted to the negativity. We become addicted to the drama. We yes. become addicted to, you know, the, the complaining back and forth, but you don't see negative complaining, pessimistic people being successful in business. Amen. Don't. So I want to be like that. I don't want to be like, you know, I don't want to be complaining and broke for the rest of my life because mm -hmm. broke people have a lot of negative things to say. Yeah. People that are in the forward momentum of success and positivity, mm -hmm. a lot of really great things to share and how they get there. They're people that mm -hmm. want to make things better. So I choose to surround myself with those type of people. I want to be friends with, and I want to follow people. I want to interact with people that are so insanely successful. Like I can't even comprehend it. Mm. You know, like I'm, I feel like, yes, I've achieved a level of success, but these people that are literally like, just like how, you know, I want to be around you, not just not, not to use you, but because I want to be in your space. Like Absolutely. I don't, I need to understand how you get to that. Yeah. And so you can do that in your business. Absolutely. Hands down. So it's so cool that you were able to live abroad for the last, I, I don't remember how long you said, but for quite some time, you're, you're finally back in America and you kept your building going. 
Like that, that's something a lot of folks don't understand is they, they hear, oh, I want to build online. I want to build through social media, but they don't realize that it can be a completely all encompassing thing. I mean, you lived in a country with a, where they speak a different language right. and it was still building. So, yeah. so what was, you know, it, it, I, I don't know if you've really just answered this already for me, but you know, what did it take to be somewhere completely removed from America yet still keep getting new people onto your social media? You know, not the same old people, not talking the same old thing, but, but how were you getting all this new traction, if you will, yeah. to your social media while you were, you know, thousands of miles away? Well, people were addicted to my social media like crack because <laughs> I shared every bit of the journey. I shared oh. and, and and I was putting things in stories and, and they were so fascinated with what we were doing. So for those that don't know, um, you know, we my husband's uh, industry during the pandemic uh, wasn't going so great. He lost his job and then decided, you know, I'm going to pursue a master's degree and I have this online business. And essentially I was like, you know what, we could be digital nomads. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially like working online. You could, as long as I got Wi-Fi, yep. I could make money. Amen, so, sister. You know, we, you know, it was, he's like, well, what do you think about just selling our stuff and, and doing it. And so um, I have a friend in my company and he is at the very tip top and um, we've had a, a great friendship for years. And he called my husband and I one night and said, Hey, you know, they owned homes in Nicaragua. Mm -hmm. um, and he said, Hey, why don't you, why are you guys not living down here? Kind of as a joke, but almost serious. Yeah. He's like, where are you guys living down here yet? Like, you don't have anything. Like, what are you doing? You don't, you're free. You can do whatever you want. Right. And we looked at each other and we're like, you know what? That's a good question. And mm -hmm. from that point to six weeks later, we were landing in Nicaragua to live Wild. on the beach Wild. for a year. We sold our home in 30 minutes on Facebook. Um, <laughs> we sold our vehicles. We did six weeks of yard sales with our five-year-old daughter at the time where we put things out. I mean, we were selling everything. Mm -hmm. And of course we kept our, our hunting stuff and mm -hmm. our Christmas decorations and my husband's tools. You know, we had a little teeny storage unit, but literally like what you see behind me, if you can even see it is like borrowed furniture from friends. We've got some stuff that we're still like kind of trickling in and unpacking things um, because we have moved back to the States. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, there was a moment, there was a moment where I was like, oh man, you know, I've got this business. So that means that I've got a, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep doing it, but I'm going to show people what it means to be able to work from your phone, to be mm -hmm. able to from Wi-Fi, right? People yeah. talk about that all the time. So yeah. I'm going to show everyone what that looks like. And so they became addicted and I was attracting more and more people and more people were sharing things that I was doing. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was a really scary situation at times. And I remember one moment, um, you know, through this business that I have now, we paid off all our credit card debt, our student mm -hmm. loans, like we were, we sold our house, right? So yeah. We're sitting in our, our home the night before we close to leave. And, you know, we're sitting on the floor. My, our daughter's asleep and my husband looks at me and he's like, you know, what? He's like, what's wrong? And because he could see a look on my face. And I said, I, I just don't know. Are we, doing, are, we, are we doing the right thing? I mean, it's kind of too late now. And I was like, we don't, we don't have anything. Like I was looking around. I'm like, we don't have anything. We don't. We don't own anything anymore. And he looked at me and he said, he's like, yeah, but Talia, we own our freedom like a thousand percent. We don't owe anybody 
anything. And for the first time I was like, I literally like all of our lives, we packed up six suitcases. We flew to Nicaragua our whole life. Like, what can you fit in six suitcases? What's the most important thing to you? You know? Um, And we put it in six suitcases and we get there and I'm like, you know, after a year of living, I will tell you this. And this was a really awesome realization. You learn in those types of moments, what is important to you and what isn't. Mm -hmm. And out of those six suitcases, we maybe used things that were in three of them Wild and cared about that, you know? So while we had this beautiful Mm -hmm. life of luxury, we have a life of having more than we need. We're so blessed and we're so grateful for it, but what do you really need? Our hardest decision in a day was what pool or what beach are we going to go to? Or, you know, like, and it was so cool to slow down. It forced us as an American girl, a true Southern American girl, let's go, go, go. Like, you know, I am that person. I'm type A, I'm like red to the bone, like let's go. And it just, it made me stop. I needed Nicaragua to make me stop. And realize, like, I'm cool with the five pairs of gym shorts that I just wore and recycled <laughs> the year. Like, I don't need all the Lululemon and the 15,000 jackets. Like, what am I going to do mm-hmm. with all that? So we come back and I go to a grocery store for the first time. And I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. I turned around. I left. <laughs> I was so Funny. used to just my little local markets. And mm-hmm. so building while I was there wasn't difficult because I continued to just share openly. I would show people this is what... You know, this is what it looks like, or this is our challenge, or our daughter got sick. This is what happens in a foreign country when you get sick. This is how we handled this. Yeah. Um, you know, we needed X, Y, Z, and we needed a car part. You wouldn't believe how difficult it is to fix a vehicle. And so just sharing things like that and building abroad or building while you travel mm-hmm. um, is really just keeping people plugged into your TV show, mm. you know? And I, I've had friends sell everything and do RV travel of the United States while building their businesses still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's cool because it's absolutely possible. Yeah. It's a thousand percent possible. Uh, I love the fact that you call it your TV show. Yeah. I mean, it's what it is. I mean, you, you couldn't, you couldn't, that was the most honest statement you could have possibly put out there. It was yeah. the TV show. I love it. Yeah. Hey, you've given so much amazing content. How can folks reach out and contact you? Well, basically just plug into my social media. I've got a lot of things coming up. Um, like you mentioned, we have Rank Makers Live this week, but I do a lot of work with the Higdon Group. I'm one of his inner circle coaches. Um, you know, I have my affiliate marketing business, but also have some projects in the work for people outside of my company, people outside of network marketing and direct sales to get plugged in and learn how to just be a better, more mindful and balanced entrepreneur. Mm. So um, I think that that program and what's happening with that here in the next few months is going to be a game changer in the industry because I think hustle culture is out mm-hmm. and finding balance and how to build a successful business while not hating your life yeah. is in. Brilliant. I think you and I are going to have to talk again in a few months when you get this <laughs> out there. Yeah. So uh, my favorite question, and I, and I can't wait to ask it because you've only been back in the States for a couple of days. What is your six month goal? Oh, six month goal. You know, honestly, I think for me, it's going to be changing the level of impact that I have. Like Mm -hmm. I want to have greater impact. And like Mm -hmm. I just said about that program about teaching people how to be laser focused and not spend all day trying to build a business, but get 
intentional with the things that actually build income Mm -hmm. and then go live your freaking life. I always say like, live your life. Don't survive it. I want people to live. I want people to not worry and wonder and question. So six month goal for me is to build a community of people that want those things and be able to, to just really add so much value um, in that space that I think is a new conversation that's happening here. And uh, I'm excited to be a part of that. I love it. Well, Talia, thanks so much for being on today. It's we, we got to talk about theory. We got to talk about action steps. We got to talk about all sorts of great stuff today. So oh. I, I guarantee the audience enjoyed this and, and I did as well. I'm so glad I got to meet a new friend. So Talia, oh. thanks so much for being on today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to, to do more together in the future. Cheers. Have a great day. All right. Thanks. <laughs>